Welcome to episode 189 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's Word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to talk about where you can find peace regardless of what is going on around you. Let's dive in. Well, before we jump into today's episode, I have two special announcements. Number one, we have the dates for our next Bible study tour in Israel. It'll be February 28th through March 11th of 2022. And we purposely kind of skipped this year just because of all the craziness and there's still some difficulty with travel. So we're really excited about going next spring to Israel and walking through the Word of God and exploring what does the Word of God say on location. Well, if you've ever wanted to gain a greater understanding of God's Word, or if you just wanted to visit the places of Scripture, I would encourage you to check out the details for our upcoming trip. Now, please note that registration will not open until April of this year. However, if you'd like to see the details of the upcoming trip, you may do so by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash Israel. I'm also excited that we just released an overview video for Deeper Christian. So if you're interested in just seeing the heart and the passion of Deeper Christian and our desire to help you grow spiritually, well, then you can find that on the main page at deeperchristian.com. Well, today is a very significant day for us here in America. It's the day of the inauguration where we are switching over presidents. And I know for a lot of people, there's a lot of anxiety or fretting or foreboding with this transition. And really, I think it's because there's just an, a sense of unknown of what is to come. And obviously, with all the crackdown and the what's been called the purging going on online and whatnot, there's this fretting or this concern that as Christians, you know, we may be heading to a season of persecution or difficulty and hardship. And yet as believers, we are called to have peace in every circumstance. We are to rejoice always. And it's not based on what is going on around us. It's not based on the political climate. And it's not based on the economy or who sits in the presidency. Our trust is in the Lord, our God. But I want to go back to this concept that I've talked about several times about finding peace regardless of the circumstance you may find yourself in. And again, regardless of where you are in the world, this seems to be a rather hot topic that we all as believers need to wrestle with just because of the season that we are in culturally around the world. Now, let me remind you that persecution, hardship, trials, and difficulty are not foreign to believers. In fact, for the majority of Christian history, we have dealt with trials and difficulties and struggles and persecution. And the reality is around the world, even right now, there are so many brothers and sisters in Christ who are dealing with imprisonment and trials and the underground living as a Christian. And if I might remind us from what James tells us in James 1-2, he says, count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds, right? right? Rejoice, recognizing that these temptations, these trials, these difficulties is going to produce patience in your life and it's going to bring about this perfection or completeness in your life. 
So don't count it strange. Don't think it odd that you may be facing difficulty. And if things continually get more and more difficult, and if, let's say hypothetically, Christianity becomes illegal worldwide, you realize we are still called to rejoice and celebrate the fact that our God is still the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So regardless of what happens in culture, we need to recognize that through 2,000 years of Christian history, the majority of that, Christians have been persecuted and they've been slandered and, and they've been pressed against and they've faced hardships and you know imprisonment and martyrdom. And just because we've had a season of reprieve in the Western world, well, let us not forget or forsake the fact that the normal reality of the Christian life is one of persecution, trials, hardship, and difficulty. And as such, let us use this season as a reminder to be praying for the persecuted brothers and sisters around the world who are actually facing incredible difficulties, whether it be imprisonment or through torture or through martyrdom. And if you want to learn more about the persecuted church, there's a lot of great resources online. For example, Open Doors or The Voice of the Martyrs. Those kind of ministries are giving us insights into what is happening around the world with our persecuted brothers and sisters in the Lord. So let us not forsake them in this season just because we may be facing a little bit of difficulty, perhaps for the first time. So first off, let me just remind all of us afresh that that we should not be surprised if we're facing difficulty or trials. In fact, we are called as believers to rejoice in the midst of our trials. We are to celebrate and leap for joy in the midst of persecution, slander, and difficulty. Now, last week, I talked about this idea of what news source should we as Christians listen to and trust? And it really came out of kind of a, probably more of a, a personal desire to remind myself that, okay, amidst all the stuff that's happening and, and, and truth be told, I've been watching the news. I, I, I rarely, if ever, watch the news. And yet over the last month or two, I've been kind of fixated by going, our culture is going downhill quickly. It is a slippery slope. And I've just been watching the news in, in a very prayerful way. In other words, I'm watching the news, praying the entire time. Going, oh, dear Lord, please have mercy. But as I've been watching, I needed to remind myself, okay, what is the key news source? And the key news source is not a news network. It, it, it is not a particular news channel. Our news source as a believer is to be the word of God. This is the truth. This is the avenue of news that we are to engage with. In other words, we are not to get lost in the hype and in the fretting that the news cycles often push. Rather, we are called to stay consistently in the word of God. And the word of God is to be the lens, the filter. And in fact, it should be our main news source. In other words, we should be setting our minds on things above, not on things beneath. But let me go back to the question for, for today. How do we as believers find peace regardless of the circumstances we might find ourselves in? And regardless of your political persuasion, it's interesting that it seems like everyone in America specifically is kind of frustrated at the quote other side. In other words, if you're conservative, you're frustrated you know, at the liberals. If you're liberal, you're rather frustrated at the conservatives. And everyone seems to be in this place of fear and fretting and foreboding and frustration. And just there's this pressure building in our culture today. So as a believer, where are you going to find peace? Where are you going to find hope 
in the current reality that we're all walking through. Now, I know you know this. <laughs> in other words, this isn't some new truth that we're making up here. I just want to come back to the word of God and allow our minds to be set upon Jesus Christ afresh. So where where do we find peace? Where do we find hope? Where do we find truth? Well, let me just read you a few passages. In John chapter 14, Jesus is with his disciples in the upper room. And it's interesting. He just washed their feet and he's reminding them or letting them know of what is to come. And he's walking through this series of discourses where he's saying, hey, look, I'm about to suffer. I'm about to die. I'm about to go away. And if you could imagine the travail or the difficulty, it must have been for the disciples to hear this because they're under Roman persecution. It is incredibly difficult to be a Jew in this day. And here is Jesus, the one that they're putting all their hope and all their trust in, and he is telling them that he is leaving. And yet listen to what Jesus says to his disciples. This is John 14, verse 25. He says, I've spoken these things to you while I am still with you, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and I am returning to you. And if you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I'm going to my father, for my father is greater than I. Now I've told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. After this, I will not speak much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me. It's an incredible passage. If you think about what Jesus is saying, there's several things I just want to highlight. First of all, the ruler of this world has no power or authority over Jesus. Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We can put our hope and our trust in him because he has overcome the world. But isn't it interesting that Jesus looks at his disciples and says, hey, you should be rejoicing. You should be excited. Uh, Why? Oh, because I am going to my father, says Jesus. Because if I go to my father, I'm going to pour out and send my Holy Spirit. Now, he picks this back up in John 16, which is another incredible passage. But isn't it interesting that Jesus says, if I don't go away, then I can't send you the helper. In other words, do you realize that what we have in this season of life, in this age, you and I, according to Jesus, have the helper, the Holy Spirit. And he actually says in John chapter 16, that it is actually better that I leave. And (laughs) so this is such a crazy thought to me. According to Jesus, it is better that he leaves physically and sends the Holy Spirit. And again, we've walked through this so many times on this podcast, but the reality is if, if Jesus was here physically, as phenomenal as that would be, well, he is limited to one place in one time. He's physical. But if he leaves and he sends the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can invade and indwell each of our lives. And according to Jesus, that's actually better 
than him being physically present. Now, I love the thought that for all eternity, we are not only going to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit, but we're also going to have Jesus physically with us, which is just an incredible, oh, I'm so excited. But Jesus says, rejoice. Why? Because I'm going to my Father, and I'm going to send you the Helper, this Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit. Now, listen to this again. In verse 27, Jesus says, okay, he's talking about the Counselor, the Holy Spirit coming. And then he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Do you realize that is still true today? That that because we have the Holy Spirit, because Jesus has paid our penalty upon the cross, because he ascended on high and sits at the right hand of the Father, and because he poured forth his Spirit at Pentecost, and now we as believers get to be filled with the very life and Spirit of Jesus himself, the Holy Spirit, do you realize we can have peace? That there is no reason to be afraid. Let your heart not be troubled, says Jesus. Even in this, even in the midst of all the stuff that's going on politically, even all the stuff that's going on globally, all even all the stuff because of COVID, let your heart not be troubled. Neither be afraid. Don't be afraid of what is going on in culture. Don't be afraid of what is happening all around you. Why? Because we have the God of the universe and his spirit lives within us. What an incredible promise. Oh, and we need to remind ourselves that every time that there's that anxiety, that, that bait for frustration, there's that, that overwhelming sense of worry and concern, we need to set our gaze upon Jesus afresh and say, God, would you, would you through your spirit bring comfort and peace? Because your promise is that I have peace. Not like the world gives peace, but I have peace. And my heart is not to be troubled, nor am I to be afraid that as a Christian, I can be fearless. I can be intrepid. I can be immovable regardless of what is going on around me. Personally, I keep coming back to Philippians chapter four. And again, I've been walking through a series talking about the Christian mindset. And if you'd like to listen to any of those, they're all on the website, or you can actually search on your favorite podcast app for N.R. Johnson sermons, and they're all there. But as I've been walking through this little series on the Christian mindset, I've been really deeply impacted by what Paul is saying to those in Philippi. Now, you got to remember that there's this deep Roman persecution that is happening. The, the Romans are literally going after the Christians. The, there's all these Christians who are imprisoned and being tortured and now being killed. In fact, Paul is writing this from a prison cell. So this isn't like everything's going happy and, and, and Paul sitting on a beach somewhere drinking lemonade and going, oh, have peace and just, and, hey, no anxiety. He, he's writing this from a prison cell. And listen afresh to what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you want to know how to have peace and be fearless in in every circumstance that you may face, I, I think that's the secret. Hey, we are to rejoice in every circumstance that we need to recognize that the Lord is at hand, that that we are to be anxious about nothing, that there is nothing that goes on in our life that is to be producing anxiety. Rather, everything that goes on in our life is pressing us under the, under the person of Jesus Christ in prayer with thanksgiving. And again, I, I, I keep saying this over and over and over, but I think it's because maybe I just need to hear, <laughs> maybe I'm the only one who needs to hear this. But I, I think it's, it's worth repeating that we need to recognize that the exact same circumstances that typically produce fear and anxiety and worry and fretting and foreboding. See, as a Christian, I may find myself in the middle of that turmoil, in the middle of that chaos or that circumstance, that hardship or difficulty. And yet, rather than producing anxiety, which by the word, by the way, that, that word in the Greek has this idea of to be divided into parts, to be uh, all, all wrapped up in yourself. It has this idea of to be divided. So I am not as a Christian to be split in pieces. I'm not to be divided. I'm not to be inward focused. Rather, the same circumstances that in the past have produced fear, anxiety, and worry are, are now producing prayer. It's producing intimacy. It's producing closeness and relationship with the King of Kings. That, that I'm really coming to him with prayer and thanksgiving. And literally the circumstances of my life is pressing me unto Jesus Christ rather than pulling me in distraction and fear. So what if every circumstance, what if the political climate, what if the economy, what if potential persecution, what if whatever happens today as the inauguration day and whatever happens the rest of this week and whatever happens in the next four years and whatever may happen in the next couple of decades, what if it would all, rather than producing anxiety or fear or worry in my life, what if it would press me to Jesus and I would actually have a greater relationship and intimacy with Jesus because of the circumstances and the pressures? See, what if as the pressure mounts, that pressure only presses me unto Jesus Christ all the more? Now, listen to this. When those circumstances do not produce anxiety in my life, but rather causes greater intimacy and relationship as I come to God in prayer and thanksgiving, listen to what Paul says as he concludes this thought in Philippians 4, 7. He says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, is going to guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That word for guard literally is this idea of setting a troop or an army or a sentinel around something. So do you realize what's happening is that when I rejoice always, when I realize that the Lord is at hand, when, when, when everyone comes to know my gentleness, when nothing in my life produces anxiety, rather I'm coming to God in, in this pressure, which is producing greater relationship and intimacy as I come to hear him, come to him in prayer and thanksgiving. What I find is that his peace which is so beyond any of our understanding. It is really going to be this army set against and guarding and protecting my heart and my mind. Wow, could you imagine what that would look like in our lives if we as believers had the peace of God guarding our hearts and our minds? 
What if we could actually live with tremendous hope? What if we could actually have joy in every circumstance? What if we could actually live with peace, assurance, hope, regardless of what may be going on around us? See, that is the reality of the Christian life. And if you're going to make it in today's culture, if you're going to make it these next four years, if you're going to make it for this next decade, in fact, if you're just going to make it as a Christian at all, you need the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding to become the army that guards your heart and your mind. And all of that is in Christ Jesus. And perhaps to take this one step further, we need to remember that peace is not some abstract concept. Paul is very specific in Ephesians 2.14 when he says that Jesus himself is our peace. So peace is not a concept. Peace is a person. So look at Philippians 4 again. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. We're talking about a person. His name is Jesus. He is going to guard your hearts and your minds. Oh, dear friend, do you realize we do not need to live in fear? We do not need to live in worry. We do not need to live in anxiety. Now, it doesn't mean that the circumstances change. It doesn't mean that the political climate is going to be shifted. It does not mean the economy is going to get any better. Regardless, and yes, I am praying that all those things happen. I'm praying for our country. I'm praying for our world. I'm praying for our president. I'm I'm praying for this shift in leadership. I, I'm praying for the Senate and the House and, and the and the Supreme Court. I, I am praying that God would move mightily in this season. But regardless of the circumstance, regardless of what may be going on around me, I can live fearless, immovable, intrepid as a believer in Christ Jesus because he and he alone is whom I put my trust in. My trust is not in the government. My trust is not in the political stuff. My trust is not in our economy. My, my trust is not even in my job. My, my trust is not in whatever. My trust is in the Lord. He is my peace. And because he has promised that he will never leave nor forsake, then I can boldly say, as Hebrews 13, 5 says, what can man do to me? I shall not fear. So friend, can I, can I encourage you, regardless of what may be swirling on around you, what may be going on in your finances or your family or whatever, could I encourage you to freshly turn your gaze upon Jesus? Could I encourage you to go and turn off the news and just sit quietly before the Lord and just take your heart and bear it before him and ask him for he himself to be your peace? For him to guard your heart and your mind. And what if you would remind yourself and everything that happens from this point forward, that it is not to pull you from Jesus. It is not to pull you and make you distracted. It is not to cut you up in little pieces and make you divided or have anxiety. Rather, what would it look like if everything caused you to turn to Jesus? What would happen if everything caused you to press in all the more? What would happen if the pressures of life would only push you toward him. And as you look back on these days, you say, you know what? They were difficult and yeah, they were crazy, but you know what happened in my life? My relationship with Jesus went to a whole nother level that, that my, my intimacy with him just grew and, and just, it deepened in the realities of, of the word of God in prayer and just the rich intimacy of his presence. 
These are great days to be alive as Christians. We were not made for the easy days. We were made for difficulty. So let us keep our gaze afresh upon Jesus Christ. Let us rise up and put our hope, our trust in him and allow him to be our peace. For that is the only way that we will live fearless regardless of what happens around us. He is our rock. He is our fortress. He is our refuge for he is our peace. Well, I hope that's just a fresh encouragement. I I know it's a reminder of stuff I've been saying a lot lately, but I think we as believers need to be reminded that our hope is in the Lord. So let us keep our gaze fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that these may be crazy days, but we have a God who delights in impossibilities. Well, thank you as always for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, including a list of all those verses I read, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 189 for episode 189. And just as a reminder, if you'd like more information about our upcoming Israel trip, you can do so by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash Israel. And there's also that new overview video that I'd love for you to see that's on the main page, the homepage of deeperchristian.com. Well, until next time, know that I am so excited for what God is doing in your life. And I encourage you to keep your focus and keep building your life around him.